That was just a little piece from my current guest, who is a world-renowned violinist, autistic, and a very humble person. Also, stay tuned to the end of this episode to hear a piece, one of his newest pieces. So sit back, relax, and grab your favorite beverage, and I'll see you there. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Asperger Studios. Today, I'm joined with Stuart, Stuart Carlson, who is a world-renowned violinist. Welcome to the show, Stuart. Thank you for the invitation of uh, having me on this podcast. Not a problem. Like I always ask people on my show, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Uh, I am from Dexter, Michigan. I am... 27 years old. I play violin and viola, and I'm also a, a composer and arranger of music. Uh, but I also play a little bit of piano. Uh, I was diagnosed with autism at the age of three. And uh, when I was born at the uh, C.S. Mott Hospital uh, Neo-Intensive Care Unit in Ann Arbor. I spent my first 100 days of my life there. Uh, and uh, I've had several health issues, including emergency surgery at two weeks old, uh, as well as extensive physical and other therapies throughout my life. Uh, I have four degrees from the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. Uh, I was an undergraduate uh, double major and uh, graduated in 2019 with a bachelor's of music in violin and composition. And I also graduated with a master's of music uh, for viola performance in 2021 and a specialist of music degree in 2022 for viola performance. I'm also a regular member of the Ann Arbor Symphony Orchestra, and I perform with the Michigan Philharmonic and other local music organizations. Uh, I extensively support the hospital that I was born in with uh, performances and uh, an exclusive part of my website as well. Uh, I'm an active member of the autistic community, and uh, I'm also a licensed amateur radio operator and weather spotter for fun. All right. So when did you know you were musically inclined? Uh, I would say I first knew uh, around the age of two when I started playing piano and becoming interested in notes and keys and basic music theory. All right. How did you come about choosing the violin? Um, I chose the violin because we were required to uh, choose an instrument in my elementary school uh, for either band or orchestra. And when we heard the different ensembles of 
our school perform, I was fascinated by the violin because of the fact that it can be played in two different ways, uh, pizzicato or plucked. Uh, that sound was one of my favorites when I uh, heard that concert and also uh, arco or bowed. All right. Now, would you say that composing music comes easily to you? Um, I would say it does. Uh, when I am thinking about the starting phase of a particular project, uh, I think about the potential impact of, uh, emotional impact of my listeners, as well as um, different things like the keys and tempos of various sections of the project to get the most emotional impact uh, and which style of the piece I would like to compose uh, and uh, also its instrumentation. But um, melodies and harmonies typically flow through my head uh, through the computer program that I use to compose music. All right. Now, would you say that composing or playing the violin, would that be considered your hyper-focus? Um, I think it would be. And uh, I remember um, when I first started playing the violin, uh, I had wanted to play basically all the instruments in the orchestra at that point. But um, I decided to uh, start taking up viola about five years after that. And uh, both instruments, uh, I seem to be really interested in both of them and also in uh, composition and arranging. And it's becoming hard for me to uh, pick a favorite. No. Now, do you remember when you wrote your first composition? I do. Um, I received the program that I used as a 12th birthday present. And in about a month or so, I composed my first piece, uh, which ended up being nearly impossible to play at full tempo. It's a piano sonata um, that I composed because of uh, the passing of my uh, grandpa. And it was uh, two of the movements were played uh, at his funeral when he passed. Okay. Now, how do you handle your fame? That's a great question. Um, I typically would not like to uh, think about it too much. I like to focus on uh, my uh, tasks uh, as they're presented to me, whether they're uh, co uh, composition or 
performances. And what I would usually do is um, try to make my music as beautiful as it can be and hope uh, that it touches audiences. All right. Now, let's talk a little bit about yourself. Um, do you have any sensory issues? Um, I do have, uh, I, I don't see the best uh, at, as, as compared to the average person, uh, but I do, um, I did have some vision issues when I was younger. Um, I do have, um, I have to wear uh, contacts when I see uh, to help me uh, with incredibly uh, clear reading of music when it's presented to me far away. Mm -hmm. But I also um, have had to wear glasses when I was younger. All right. Now, where would you say your love of music comes from? Um, I would say that it initially came from playing a small piano when I was two or three years old and being fascinated by different sounds that it makes and playing it for hours in a day. But I say it also comes from listening in my incubator to uh, a, a pair of small speakers playing Mozart's Einaklan and Nachtmusik, among other pieces. All right. Now, is there one piece of music you have written that you're the most proud of? That's a great question. Um, for a really long time, I have seemed to be really proud of my arrangement of Amazing Grace and its uh, various transcriptions that I've done. Uh, I feel like that has become a signature piece of mine. And uh, I always enjoy getting the opportunity to perform it. And another piece that comes to mind is uh, my arrangement of the Charlie Chaplin song, Smile, uh, that I made for viola and piano. And I hope uh, it causes listeners to uh, at least for a few minutes forget about the uh, more negative things going on in their lives. All right. What is it like playing with the Philharmonic? Um, I've always really enjoyed performing with the Ann Arbor Symphony and the Michigan Philharmonic. I remember um, the spark that uh, ignited me to uh, perform in an orchestra was when I played uh, in the Michigan Philharmonic Youth Orchestra uh, side by side with the Michigan Philharmonic. This was back when it was known as the Plymouth Symphony Orchestra. And uh, 
I performed a really uh, up-tempo and energetic piece called the Festival Overture by Shostakovich. Mm -hmm. And the um, sort of whizzing energy of, of the piece really um, captured my interest. And from then on, I decided that I really wanted to perform uh, in orchestras. All right. Now, besides your music, what do you do for fun? Um, I have quite a few interests that I do for fun. Um, I mentioned that I am a licensed amateur radio operator uh, and severe weather spotter. I've had an interest in weather since I was young, and uh, that uh, uh, interest of mine allows me to uh, report severe weather to the National Weather Service in my area. I'm also uh, I also have an interest in broadcast radio, and I. Uh, I'm the owner of what's called a Part 15 radio station uh, that has my own uh, radio jingles on it, which is another huge interest of mine. And I'm also uh, the host of a weekly uh, three-hour internet radio show called My2K on a station called C103.com. Wow. So those are some of the things I really like to do. Well, you're pretty... You're pretty talented. You not only do you do music, you love amateur radio, you have your own show. You're pretty busy. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, where is your favorite place or place, like country or state that you've played in? Uh, that's another good question. I would say still to this day, my favorite place that I've played in is uh, the Trinity College Chapel in Cambridge, England. Wow. Uh, because of how uh, reverberant the sound is. And uh, I'm guessing that it's supposed to be that way for uh, pipe organs. But even when I played solo one time there, my the sound of my violin absolutely carried through the hall and it's a memory that I really like to look back on. Okay. Now is there anything you struggle with? Uh there is because of my autism, I uh am directionally challenged and so I need GPS a lot. And um when I'm asked a question about anything other than music, I have uh, a longer than average processing time. Uh, I need some time to think about my response uh, before I answer the question. All right. And finally, where can people find out more about you and listen to your music? Um, they can uh, listen to my music on my website, stuartcarlson.com. And they can also find... Uh, more information about me on, oh, uh, they can also listen to my music uh, on various streaming services, 
because Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, and Amazon Music, uh, mm -hmm. as well as uh, YouTube, and some of my YouTube videos are, in fact, on my website. Now, listeners, the, the handsomely rugged older man you see is Stuart's father, Jack. Jack, question for you. What's it like to have such a talented son? <laughs> um, Stuart's, Stuart's talent is a wonderful thing, and we're very grateful that he can share his music or his voice. I mean, when you hear his music, that's his heart speaking. So... Um, that's all wonderful, and we're glad to share that gift. He's with the world, but the thing that we are most grateful for is that he is, and his brother both, um, kind, gentle, humble, um, and really hardworking. Um, he's really conscientious of his audience when he's creating something um, and when he's working with other people uh, in various projects and <laughs> just the world needs more of of that kindness it really does um, mm -hmm. this is a really tough time I think in our country and around the world and and we can all use some kindness and positive energy. And uh, that's what we're most, his mom and I are most grateful for. Thank you very much. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. That was Stuart and Jack Carlson. And I'll see you in the next one. See you there, everyone.